Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax, just remind yourself that God is all around you right now, that you don't need to try to get his attention, and that everything, every circumstance, everything that's going on in your life is specifically arranged for you, for your best. And who you truly are, your spirit, has already agreed to it. And this is all happening because your spirit and God's spirit are one, And your spirit, again, who you truly are, is already enjoying all the benefits of being one with God. Your spirit's already in the kingdom of God. Your spirit's already experiencing eternal life. Our problem is our soul. Our soul, we were born with our soul separated from our spirit. If you've been born again, you've been reunited with your spirit. Your spirit's been reborn, so you're now living in your spirit. Your soul, however, you had the same soul the day before you got born again as you did after. Now, sometimes God intervenes and and he makes great changes in our soul at the time of, of conversion, at the time of being born again, of accepting Christ, that we are dead without him that we need him, that he has made a way for restoration back to that relationship with God. Sometimes God intervenes in our soul and brings healing and truth. We know that only God can draw us to him. We, Your soul is out looking for an answer to all its questions, but yourself has set itself up as the answer to all those questions. So one of the job of yourself is to blind your soul to your spirit. Before you're a Christian, yourself blinds your soul to your need for God. But once that need is satisfied and you're born again, your spirit is reborn, now yourself is blinding your soul to being reunited with God. In other words, your need. Your spirit has everything it needs in Christ, in God. But your soul has not had its needs met yet. So God, one by one, makes it clear that, okay, this is an unmet need, an unmet need for love for value, for recognition of you as an individual, all these different, a need for healing, a need for truth, a a need for a purpose. Your spirit has the answers to all those questions, has not just the answer, but the life itself. Because telling you, you know, somebody telling you, oh, God loves you, You know, that's meaningless. It only means something when God himself actually 
loves you, loves you, changes you, gives himself to you, draws you to him. Saying God is love doesn't do anything. It's God doing it, God loving us. So our self, your self, has set itself up as the gatekeeper. That yourself is resisting God, resisting your own spirit, to protect your soul, to maintain control. Now, your soul, that's its strength. Yourself is a reflection of the strength in your soul that God put in there. So we don't get mad. We don't get offended or angry our self. We don't take it out on ourself. Yourself is a reflection and an extension of the soul God gave you. Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions, and you have strengths and weaknesses in each one of those. And God gave you the soul he wanted you to have. It's a gift. And all he really wants you to do is say thank you. But then when we understand that because we are, our soul has been separated from, does not have access to all the resources it needs, It's been setting up its own way of getting its needs met. And that's our self. So your self has developed crutches and puzzles and mazes and all these different explanations for why things have happened in your life and what your future holds and what you have to do to be worth something to others or worth something to God or even, you know, your yourself will very often tell you what a terrible person you are, that you will never amount to anything, that you're not going to get into heaven, that God is disgusted with you. Most of the time, we are, we are far more negatively motivated than positively. Not everybody, but many of us are, are far more responsive to the negative than we are the positive. We're more likely to hear you know, ten negative things rather than the two positive things. We may hear, oh, God loves you just the way you are. He accepts you just the way you are. But our self is going to come back with ten things that are wrong with us each time we hear, no, God loves you just the way you are. He loves, he gave you your soul. He loves your soul. He loves your body. He loves, he loves who you are. You're, you're, you're just the way he wants you. He, he accepts you and loves you and approves of you just the way you are. And yourself is going to come back and go, that's only true if. Well, or now that he's done that, now I have to prove myself worthy. Or, well, now it's up to me to share, you know, to do this, that, or the other thing. And we add to it, we detract, we, we skew. And because yourself to maintain that control that God put in your soul. Now, what would that look like ultimately? And we always go back to the example of Christ, Jesus walking around here on this earth. Jesus had a learning curve. He had to learn how to live here on this earth. 
He was God, he had a soul, and he had a body while he was here on this earth. And he had to learn how to live with that. He, his soul needed to not develop a self. Now, he's the only one who's ever not developed a self. Besides Adam and Eve, there's no creature, and Adam and Eve weren't born on this earth, no creature besides Jesus who was born on this earth who didn't have to learn to overcome the soul. You and I and everybody else, every every great Christian even, you know, every before Christians, you know, every every lover of God, every every person God loved revealed himself to, all have struggled with the soul, with the self. Because our soul does not have access to eternal life without Christ and that now we that we have access there's still the learning curve. So Jesus, you know, he had that learning curve and all the experiences. You know, we've talked before about how God, Jesus' purpose here on this earth was to reunite us with the Father by restoring our spirit on an individual basis. Now, to do that, he he had to die on the cross. He had to be crucified and resurrected. But his end goal was a resurrection, was a resurrection and a restoration, reconciliation of all. To forgive the sin, not just to forgive the sin, but to restore our relationship with the living God within our spirit, through our spirit. In other words, to restore your spirit to be one with him. And he did that. It's done. That didn't take 33 years. He was here on this earth for that 33 and a half years or so, learning how to live as a spirit being that had a soul and lived in a body. He was learning how to exercise power and authority in the spirit realm, in the solical realm, and in the natural realm. And we see that by the activity that those around him recorded about him. Now, being God, I think he already knew by experience how to exercise spiritual power and authority and how to express the very nature of God because he was God. He, that was something he already knew. But not being in a physical being that had a soul here on this earth with all the the constraints that living on this earth had you know we've talked before again about adam and eve why did god god do that why did he create something here on this earth and we've come up with a couple reasons that you know for the there were things that that Adam could only learn by being separated from God. And one of them is gratitude and appreciation. We're not going to go through that whole process, but there were things that Adam and Eve could only experience by being separated from God. So they were removed from him. God deliberately set a plan for that to happen just as God deliberately set a plan for 
restoration through his son. And that's all. God's had had this plan. And just as in Adam, we are benefiting from learning how to live, what it's like to live without God, so we can appreciate what it's like to live with him, with all our needs met through him. But we also see through Christ that he had to learn how to do that too. Now, he never developed a self. His, because his needs, his soulical needs were always met. His needs for love and value, he always had access to the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the light. So he already had that. But the reason he had that was because he was connected in his soul to his spirit and therefore to God. And he was giving us the example, this is how you do it. This is the way. Walk in it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. This is the way. Is that our soul is reunited to our spirit. That's the only way to do this. Now your spirit has been enlivened sovereignly by God because he wanted to. Now, we don't know, again, what God's plan is. You know, there's been, you know, how many billion of people who have been born before and who are, will, are alive today and will be born later. No idea, you know, for those who have died and those who have yet, yet to be born, how he's going to uh, work his, his, his plan in their lives. All we can do is deal with what we've got in front of us today. And we do have a tendency to try to figure out, to try to understand, and to draw conclusions with limited information. This is where God as truth, Jesus as truth, I, we don't want to just know the facts. We just don't want to know, you know, what's right and wrong. We want truth has life. Truth changes us. When we encounter God's love, when we encounter God's truth, when we encounter God's life, it changes our soul. And that's how our soul is restored to its union with our spirit. And it's like, we get, you know, picture of Velcro. You know, Velcro is nothing with, you know, one side has the little hooks and the other side has the little, uh, you know, um, uh, rings, the little ribbons, and they're, you know, they do absolutely nothing apart. But when you pull them together, they are attached. They become strong and they become connected. It's not a perfect illustration, but think of that as the way God is reuniting your soul, and your spirit. It's meant to be that way. God created your soul and your body to be connected with your spirit. Part of his plan is to disconnect you so he can reconnect you. So he's, he's over time, hook by hook, you know, loop by loop, he's reconnecting your soul to your spirit. 
Now, your spirit will not change. Your spirit's one with God. Your spirit is perfect and eternal and has all the eternal life it's ever going to get. Your spirit is in the kingdom now. But your soul needs healing, needs the truth. Your soul needs restoration. So that's, that's the part that's being moved towards your spirit. Your spirit's not moving towards your soul. Your soul's moving towards your spirit. But your, your self is in the way. Your self wants to protect your soul, wants to meet your soulful needs on its own. And again, that's God's intention. There's something in our soul that God values that is control, that is self-protection. And I suspect without that, we would not survive. It's part of our survival aspect of our soul to protect our, our, our soul and our body. But once we're reunited once we're reunited with our spirit, we don't need that self-protection. But it's only over time and God's work that that reunion takes place. So the circumstances we find ourselves in, the questions we have, the things we struggle with about ourselves, they are all meant, the results are all going to be a a reunion of the two sides of that Velcro, the hook and the loop. And now the the analogy falls apart because you can pull the two sides of the Velcro apart, but once your soul is reunited with your spirit, that's it. It becomes one. It's melted together. We could even say that, you know, let's say we put the the, uh, Velcro together and we apply heat. It melts together. They become one. And that's what God is doing. It's the pressure. It's the heat. It's part of our lives where he is bringing us into oneness, spirit, soul, and body. What did Jesus say? That they may be one. And he meant you, spirit, soul, and body, but he also meant all of us, all who are spirit, all who were not spirit before but will be spirit in the future, and those who have yet to be born who aren't spirit but will be spirit. Because, God, there's a reconciliation of all things. When Jesus paid for sin, he paid for all sin, and God doesn't waste anything. He's no respecter of persons, and... This is because this is a sovereign act. He reveals himself to each as he chooses. And and let's not be, you know, thinking we understand how time works. God created time. He is not restricted by it. And he is also not restricted by our beliefs. You know, we think we know what the Bible says. We think we know what doctrines are right or wrong. You know, oh, yeah. And then maybe in some cases we do slightly have an understanding. But we're still understanding with our soul that is so far separated from our spirit. And God's generous for that. He knows we wouldn't be able to stand 
a full recognition of his truth, a full seeing God face to face, seeing spirit face to face, it would undo the soul, the very soul that God gave us to bless us. It's just like going into space without, you know, a spacesuit. It's just up farther, it's just space, and yet our body would not be able to tolerate it. So we have to take precautions. Well, we're in a soul. We have a, a, a physical suit, earth suit, and we have a soulical earth suit. Now, I don't know whether this soul exists beyond our time here on this earth. I suspect it does. But it's still not who you are, not who I am. You're that spirit within God. I am that spirit within God. And when our spirit is restored to that connection to our soul, we're all one. You and I are in God equally. So I'm fully in God. You are fully in God. Everybody is fully in God. So we're all one in God, in Christ. So we're all one. So we're one individually spirit soul and body but we're also one in christ god sees everything outside of time so he sees that we are already all one and everything he's doing in your life everything he's doing in your in your country in your past your present and future in your family in your circumstances in your job it's all part of the process of you becoming one as an individual. And that God sees you that it's already done. You know, Jesus said, it is finished. You, when he was crucified, he had done everything he could do. He had, he had was returning to a oneness with his father. And what he was set here to accomplish for himself, spirit, soul, and body, was finished. He had completed because Jesus didn't raise himself. Once he was crucified, it was all in the Father's hands. Jesus didn't raise himself. The Father raised him. And he raised him to be with us and then to be at his right hand. When we talk about our experiences, what we're, what we're here on this earth for, it's, it's, in a sense, it's not about God. Jesus was accomplishing two, we could say two different things, probably a lot more, but at least two different things. One, for himself. He was learning what his father wanted him to learn as a spirit being that had a soul, lived in a body, on the earth for those 33 and a half years learning gratitude, learning appreciation, learning how to, you know, uh, discipline, learning obedience through the things he suffered. He learned all the things that you and I are learning. And yet he always had access to the eternal life that we don't have because his soul and spirit were united. So there's things that he didn't experience that you and I experienced that we have experienced ever since Adam. But he was also teaching 
those around him a variety of different things about their soul that they had forgotten. When Adam and Eve were hanging out with God in the garden, they knew they had power and authority over creation. They knew the extent of it. They just didn't care. It didn't matter because God was taking care of all their needs. You know, we don't even know if God said, Adam, speak, speak this planet into existence. You know, he's naming all the animals. You know, naming can also be creation. So we don't know what tasks God had Adam and Eve doing. We don't even know how long they were in the garden. Could have been a bazillion years because time was under God's control. But God wanted something to change. He wanted something different from Adam and Eve. And once they left the garden, their soul was no longer had its needs met. It's the soul started to believe lies. Their soul started to be wounded and rejected. Imagine the rejection. Imagine the rejection they experienced from God, from God himself. And I can't imagine how much that hurt God, how much he mourned. But he knew this was for the best. This was the best for us. Because he could see this is what the result would be for us. That we will be the first fruits. We will participate in it of the fruits it it will benefit us what god is doing in us and yet it's painful and we were rejected by god we were all in adam then we were all in christ but in adam we were all rejected by god so that soul separation is legitimate It's not, oh, we shouldn't feel like God's a million miles away. It's normal to feel like God's a million miles away because he rejected us for a purpose. And so our soul started to fill in the gaps. Again, we have a mind, will, and emotions. They started, Adam and Eve started to draw conclusions that they never had the opportunity or desire or even ability to do so, because they already had the truth. They started to believe lies. They started to build a crutch. They started to reject one another. They started to live on their own and build their own kingdoms, their own self-life. Bible you know, kind of interpret, puts it out as flesh, even though that's so easily confused with with the physical flesh, it's sarks, it's self. So Adam created a self and Eve created a self. And then they had kids and their kids created this self because they no longer, their souls were no longer exposed to true truth, actual life that, that fulfilled their needs. They were on their own. And it's only gotten worse generation after generation. So it's no wonder that we are so have been 
we are so misguided and misunderstanding and separated, just our soul separated from the truth and the way and the life of who God is. And as we experience that, this is what Jesus was doing with his disciples. He was showing them. He would, what, he would, what would he do? He would go around proclaiming the truth, the truth about the Father, the truth about us, the truth about the earth, about the plans that God has for us, how much he loves us. He proclaimed it. He said, this is, you know, this is my God. This is my Father. This is how we are to, to live. This is how you love one another. Then he explained it. And he gave examples and he gave illustration. And he walked, he said, over here, this is how this happens. This is what faith is. And then he showed, and he did miracles. And he showed that no greater love than to lay down his life for a brother. And he showed this is what it looks like to be one with the Father. So he had multiple purposes, but the, that level of purpose was all about the soul. What is our soul learning? What is your soul learning while it's here on the earth? Is it learning to have a stronger self, rely more on itself, or grow in dependence on God? That God is restoring your soul to its relationship with your spirit. Through the things you're suffering, through the things you're learning, through the victories you're having, sometimes victories can, can, can show our greatest faults, but most of the time it is the hardships, the, the things that make us go ouch, the things we want to regret or avoid or feel guilty about. Those, we learn far more from our mistakes than if we get things right. But it's, it's, the example that Jesus showed was we go through the process. We, it's a daily walk. We go from point A to point B. It's not from, from mountaintop to mountaintop. It's whatever's in between and however we encounter it. It's the daily circumstances that we learn what God wants us to learn about living as a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. So uh, thanks for, for tuning in. If you have any questions, as always, Contact me at diane at org. We will be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.